Welcome to On The Block with Richard Stone. Richard is a 40-something construction company owner based in the UK. His passions are technology, business automation, customer experience, and helping other small business owners using his own valuable life and business experience. This podcast will be a mixture of solo spots, casual conversation, as well as inspirational key people of influence from their respective fields. Make yourself comfortable and enjoy listening. Here is your host, Richard Stone. So, welcome to the On The Block podcast and this afternoon we're joined by Rory Fairgrave. Good afternoon, Rory. Hi, pleasure to be here. Good. So, I think as you know, as most of our guests know, we have a few questions that we kind of sort of go through just to build a little bit of rapport and get a little bit of bit of an insight under the bonnet of Rory. Um, so we'll we'll run through those um, pretty quickly, and then we'll just have a chat around your current business model um, and the work that you do. Because I, I know from firsthand benefit and experience that I've had from the Fairbrose for um, some of that, but I, I know there's also different parts to your business that that perhaps I'm not aware of, which would be good to know, but also from a listener perspective as well. Um, it would be good for them to sort of get an understanding of, of each of the different sort of veins of your business. So, so if we start off with the sort of the key questions first, um, I'm pretty much assuming that you didn't know you wanted to do the job you're doing when you were <laughs> yeah. at school. So what was the first job that you thought, actually, do you know what, I'd quite like to do that? Uh, it was a zookeeper or an instructor at SeaWorld. That's what I originally wanted to do. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I was not expecting that. That's an interesting <laughs> one. What made you want to be a zookeeper? got a massive massive passion for animals i love them they always have the just fascinated by them and then it was the thing i could think of that you'd get to work with them the closest was the main part okay cool so so that's really good so, so even at a really young age you were really in tune with working and doing something that you were passionate about yeah i definitely I actually oh. still remember when i was younger my dad told me that he would buy me a zoo when i was older so gonna need to pull him up on that one soon I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, that might be that might have to be on the acquisition trail. Hey. Cool. So, hobbies. What sort of stuff do you like doing when you're not actually working on people's restoring people's balance? The for me, it's just all about having fun, really. Like all my hobbies. So, I quite like adrenaline packed sports. So, I like doing mountain biking, snowboarding, uh, train Muay Thai. Not for any fights or that. Just like as a hobby and an interest. The anything that i get suggested that's going to be fun and adrenaline packed for me that gets the adrenaline flow and that's what i'm into it's you know the whole that whole adrenaline thing it, i think that kind of runs through your family because some of the videos that i see you guys posting and like there's like you hurtling down a mountain on a mountain bike or or your dad or your brother and it's like or they're on bmx's at a bmx park it's like yeah. wow fair play to use these are these are like pretty serious and but there is that kind of that whole adrenaline that that does seem to sort of run through everything you do it's got a bit of a theme to it whether it's whether it's driving a car really fast or hurtling down the road on a mountain bike it's the adrenaline is a common sort of thread to to quite a yeah, lot definitely. of what you guys seem to want to sort of get involved in which is good because it really seems that that's that's a genuine passion I absolutely. We all just like to have fun in any way we can. Yeah, that's certain, that's certainly trend, that certainly comes across. It's, it really does. Good. So, so you're, you're a bit older than 20, but probably not as much as some of my guests. So this question is, what advice would you give to the 20-year-old self from the past if you could sit next to him and have a chat? Hmm, that's a good one to be fair. I'm actually only turning 22 in November, so it's only two years back. Yeah, it uh, should be easy for you to remember that. <laughs> yeah, the only really started properly working in business, like running my own business about 18 months ago, so I wasn't even starting that yet. The probably could even just be be patient, even though it's only that long ago. Mm. Good things are coming. Yeah, it's important. Patience is really important, and it's so necessary. The key to winning and losing in business is, is quite often a lot of it is vested in patience and it's knowing when that deal's right and when the time's right to do to to pursue something or to hang back and go actually the times the time's not quite right now i mean i was talking to stevie kidd last week about something and um but he said he was sort of referring to some opportunities that he'd 
he sort of want, wanted to pursue and he's only now pursuing, but he'd had an opportunity to do that sort of 10, 10 plus years ago. And something just with inside his head just said, no, this is now is not your time. So patience, yeah. I think, is something that is hugely important and often forgotten about. People don't tend to think about it actually as being a really important kind of skill and a person and also a bit of a personality trait. I think especially for folk that are around my age, this is a big part of what it was for me, is like realising that you're actually young. Like, like um, 40s like still feels like ages away, but even at 40, you're not actually that old in the grand scheme of things. So you Thanks, don't need Rory. to achieve... You're welcome. <laughs> you don't need to achieve everything in your life by the time you turn 25. You've got all yeah. this time. Like, be patient like, and just put in the work. It's going to come. It doesn't like you don't have to achieve it all the next day. Yeah, that's really valid, really valid, actually, because I was that person. I was the I was the person that I mean, my first marriage failed because I threw my threw my heart and soul into my job, and I got given a really really good opportunity at sort of like early twenties to go into site management, and and I always felt indebted to the company that I worked for for investing in that and giving and that giving me that opportunity. So mm-hmm. I just went in went at it like a full power. My like my my BRMB was just like massively never even existed. It was just all work work work. Um, so I, I can, and I remember that. I still recall that quite often, just how sort of out of whack I was and how impatient I was. And how I, you know, I had a couple of people that were sort of saying to me, just be patient. It will come. It will come. And I was like, patience now, mate. I want it now. Yeah, no, definitely. So, it's yeah, a hard thing to get as well. Yeah, it is massive. And, and you can't, it's like, it's like, it's like all this fake it till you make it crap. I was like, no, it's just, oh, it's just awful. There are some things that, that just take, a period of time and you can't you can't change that you can't cheat that i did a post about it on linkedin not so long ago and it, it's like having a baby if you want a baby it takes nine months you can go and have sex with nine women but you don't get a baby in a month yeah that's a good you analogy know, that way <laughs> there are things that they just take a certain period of time that you cannot physically change it's like when you do building projects if you've got plaster that has to dry if you've got mm-hmm. a screeded floor that's got to dry you there are things you can do with chemicals to make it go faster, but but only to a certain extent and to the detriment of the quality of the outcome. There yeah. are, you, you, patience is huge. That's so, good. so what makes you grateful and why? Oh, oh, that's a good one. I didn't even think that was on your prep questions. No, it wasn't. The, oh, the prep one. questions are to kind of get you thinking about what we might talk about. They're not necessarily rote questions that I'm going to ask you the specific answer because then it would be fun. Yeah, that's true. The what makes me grateful? The I was like grateful for life in essence. Like I like to treat every day like it could be your last. Like your time's obviously like limited on the planet, so make sure you're living every day, being happy. Don't waste any time being upset, angry where possible. Like just make sure that you're doing the best you can and being happy. Good answer. So being in check and being in knowing where you're at emotionally, which obviously fits massively with a fair boys four, doesn't it? Which we'll come exactly. on to in a little while. So, okay. So next one then, which which is on the list. Dinner with a favourite famous person. Who would it be? Where would you go? And what would you eat? Oh, pr- this one. The, so I think my favourite famous person is going to have to be Kev- Kevin Hart. The I just love him for his hustle and how funny he is, and mm. his mindset as well is a big one. I actually just finished his book not long ago. It was brilliant. The And where I would go, purely just because I know he's an American and I've always wanted to go, is In-N-Out Burger. The, okay. <laughs> never been there in the States and just looks quality. So a great big fat munch burger. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Man versus food then. <laughs> that would be good fun. Oh, so coming on to sort of, we've, sort of, we've mentioned it a few times, so Fair Bros 4, which is the product that, is one of the things that I probably know you best for, apart from the, the um, mentoring group that we were in, or not mentoring group, but the Survivor Thrive group that we are in, um, that yep. John Ross kindly set up at the start of lockdown. Um, so where did the idea originally come from for Fairbrows for? It was actually, credit with credit's due, Jay had the original idea the, for the Fairbrows for. He was reading a lot of self-help books and the positive mindset books and it just kind of was through everything he's learned it was an easy way for it to come together to then have that balance and then he he shared it with me and my dad to be perfectly honest at first I thought I was going to be able to 
So the I think it was just that thing that your brother tells you to do yeah. something and you're like, nah, you know, I don't yeah. Do that. yeah. And then my dad started doing it and then I was stressed out trying to do too many things in a day, getting frustrated every day, feeling like I wasn't getting anywhere back when I was managing Rise Edinburgh. And then one day I was like, you know what, I'll just try out what he's using. And then it was incredible. It was never originally the plan was to like teach people about it almost or sell it. It wasn't through lockdown that we realized we could help so many people by actually letting them know about it and getting them through it. So it kind of all just came about from an idea and then just as things do that grew arms and legs and is now a part of our business yeah and a, a very much a product isn't it and a service yeah i mean I've, i have to say i love i love it I any opportunity i get to talk to people about it i always do and, right. and i think for me there's two things one which massively is anchored back to to my childhood which is that they're in so i'm from birmingham originally not that you know um because I, I had elocution lessons to get rid of my accent I didn't really, but I just, tell that. <laughs> um, I just don't talk like a brummie, unless I talk to my mum on the phone, then I do. Um, right. So the anchor to my childhood is actually that growing up as a child, the radio station was called BRMB. Right. Which is actually, the BRMB is, is yeah, kind of your four, first, first four, four letters of the first of the words of Verbo's four, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and the other thing is the benefits that I've had out of doing it. It's it's so simple, and that's why I think it's successful because it it's really easy to integrate into people's lives. Hundred percent. Something I'm really big on, and everything I do is simplicity is key. Mm. Like if you make the system too hard, nobody's going to follow it. But just having four areas to work on, doing one thing a day, is easy and achievable by anyone, mm. and you get massive results from it, as you've just said. You do, and I must admit, I find it fascinating when I see what you and your dad and your brother have put on. I'm like. Okay, yeah, I must be doing all right then. Yeah, because I'm, I've got, I'm a, so I might have like read thirty pages, and your dad will put, oh, I've read ten pages, and I went out for dinner. Right, okay, yeah. sweet. That's yeah, that's balanced. That's good. I like that. And then he'll do like a little cheeky video of him roaring off in his car. <laughs> Which <laughs> I, I, I kind of guess he can't resist. Yeah, definitely. And you're prone to a little car video, aren't you? I think I'm sure I've seen a couple of uh, car videos of yours, and that. Yeah, yeah done it for my latest one the big part of that is it was i think when i turned 17 the it was the like dream car i wanted it was an audi q5 mm. and then like every car i'd got that was like the goal to get that and then ended up getting it a few years earlier than i originally anticipated so yeah it was a very proud day yeah I can imagine. just all about goal setting and achieving it yeah of course yeah and you've obviously worked hard for it so yeah i must say i'm a, i've had a couple of audis and i'm a massive fan i think the build quality of them is just phenomenal 100% they're my favorite I liked what you said about seeing um, what we're doing for the Fairbrothers Forum LinkedIn as well because that's what we love about it is like the sort of social aspect that when everyone shares what they're doing everyone can see it and gets ideas Mm. like we sometimes see people that have started doing it with ideas like oh that's brilliant I'll do that for relationships or oh that's a good one for mind and yeah everyone just gets to learn off each other and bounce off each other exactly yeah everyone's sharing what they're doing and you know at the end of the day we're all human beings aren't we it's it's, there's not very many things that are truly kind of completely innovative. So if people can share what they're doing that works for them and it helps someone Definitely. else, then what a, what a massive benefit that that will be for someone else. And, and also it's about not being too kind of like crazy out there and actually just being balanced. So it might be like, just listen, you know, if, you, if you're really, really early into sort of personal development and you actually meditate once three times a week, then that for you is a massive win. Definitely. You don't have to be sort of smashing it out of the park like somebody that's been doing it for years or someone that's doing yoga every day or, you know, it's about actually what you're doing. You know, there's, there's 8 billion people on the planet and everyone's individual. It's what works for you at 100%. that time and what's on, what, what fits with you on your journey. So, so I definitely, so the fair bros four, that's only part of what you do, isn't it? You've got, there's other, yeah. there's other work that you do. So do you want to just, sort of talk through that in some more detail because that I find that really interesting that you actually go into people's businesses and help them actually sort of with their business struggles because that's something that I've done a few times and it's so and you know I mean I'm not going to lie it does pay very well but for me it's not the money it's actually seeing the rewards of actually when you get to the end of the piece of work whether that's on a like a time basis or or whatever the metrics are whether it, it might be some objectives when you get to the end and you look back and you say well where were these? Where was this at when we sort of when we got involved to where it is now? 
the reward. That's so, that's like real soul food. That is actually seeing actually where absolutely. people have come, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So, in Fairbros, the so it's Fairbros Business Partnerships and Development. So it's for me behind it all is I want to help businesses get the life that they dreamed of when they first got into business. So all business owners, like when they started their business, they probably had an idea where it was they could run the business better than their boss could, or they wanted to be able to go golfing every Tuesday and Thursday and not have to work those days. I want to be able to help people that have that life that they want, that balanced and happy life. So whether that be through us partnering the business and helping them scale and grow, and then their business becoming more profitable, that they're working on their business rather than in it. And then they're having that happy, balanced life and living that dream. Or on the smaller scale, we do that by going into businesses, not partnering with them, but working as like an hourly rate, however many hours they need, or doing a business MOT, just helping them get their business more, more slick and streamlined so they can achieve that life that they got into it for just to ultimately be more balanced and happy. So a lot of it comes back to the Fair Bros 4 as well. Like the end goal is for people to be balanced and happy, but they've got a business and that's what's going to give them that life. So they all just work together very nicely. So is it, is, is, are there particular sectors that you, you do more of that in than others or, or do you work in, in a number of different sectors? Working in a number of different sectors. Right now, our partners are a building company, a dance studio and a beauty salon. The, we've done um, help and solutions with the likes of a scaffolding company, a marketing company, a plumbing company. So we're not strict in where we go. We're confident no matter what sector or what business we go into, we can help that person with whatever their issues are and resolve them and help them get to the next stage. Wow, so, so, so everything anywhere. from scaffolding to, to facials and facials and hair and nails, exactly. that's a pretty diverse client base, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So how do you work on that then? Have you got like a sort of an, almost like an avatar or an ideal client profile or what's the kind of ideal person that you'd want to sort of, or business that you'd want to try and work with? Yep, so it varies. The, so for a partner, the, we've got a goal of getting 80 partners over the next 10 years, taking the business to be worth a billion pounds. So that's the ultimate goal there. And for a business partner, the avatar is someone that's got a business that can be, doesn't have to be at the start, but can be scaled up to making £500,000 a year profit. So whether okay. it be one dance studio that's turned into a hundred or a thousand, mm. whatever it is, it doesn't have to be at the start. That's the end goal. So right. not necessarily a sector. It's more the business and making sure the person's the right person, that they're open-minded, they've got a positive mindset, they're willing to change and adapt and they want to put in the work to get there and ultimately live a balanced and happy life. So that's okay. the avatar for partnerships. Mm. And then in like going into business and helping, it's sort of just anyone that's struggling without that balance and like maybe they're working all the hours under the sun, but they're not actually achieving the results that they want. So it's essentially just business owners that are struggling a little bit that just need that little bit of assistance to push them over the line because business can be lonely as well. A lot of people feel like they're on their own. They've not got anyone to speak to. So we're just there. Like we're using our experience between myself, Jane, Scott. I think we've got like 40, 50 years plus experience in business. So we want to use all the the problems, challenges we've had and all the mistakes we've made to stop yeah. other people making them and just be someone there that they can say, do you think this is a good idea to, mm. or what's your opinion or how can I do this? Just using our knowledge to help them get better and make their business what they want it to be. I suppose it's also like the connection and connection, network connections, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure Scott's, yeah. Scott's phone must have some seriously valuable connections in it. And, and you guys as well, I would imagine. But, but you're quite right. So small and especially in the SME world, it can be quite a lonely place. I think, yeah. and I think that's why the number of people that are sort of joining sort of mastermind groups is increasing because people are increasingly sort of realizing that actually they want to reach out and, and find, find either some peers or some support from some, from some other alternative to actually sort of work on those challenges with them. And, and it's not even so much just about the challenges that they've got the now it's about what learning you can do while you're in that environment to actually save you making mistakes further down the line. Because if you talk to somebody Definitely. about where your business wants to be in sort of one, three, five and 10 years time, and actually there's someone there that 
that where you want to be in five years, they were for seven years ago, because you quite often get that as well. They will give you loads of valuable information and insight into actually almost like how you can fast track that. Definitely. It's just exactly for that, like having an opinion from outside the box is incredibly valuable because when you're stuck in the motion, it's hard for you to see what others can. And you just get a little bit of help and advice. Yeah, it goes a long way. Definitely. And the thing is, when you're, when you're in that situation, it's, it's almost impossible to work on your business when you're the, mm-hmm. the kind of the sole director because you, can't, you almost can't step away from it for long enough to be able to actually make the transition. And, and that's the most powerful work that anybody can ever do is when they work on it and not in it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a big part of us as well. Is like a lot of people they just lack the knowledge of what to do. Mm-hmm. Like they're capable to do it, but they don't know what to do or even how to do it. So it's why as well in the fair bros four we push your expanding your mind and learning all the time, whether that be somebody wanting to learn a new language or learn how to make their business better. Like if every day you learn it's gonna make your life just easier and so much better to run your business. I must admit, I, I love seeing like what you're reading and stuff because some of the stuff that we read is quite similar, but but also sometimes quite different. I mean, I've read and come up to fifty-two books this year so far. Oh, brilliant! And I just I just can't. I love whether it's reading in a like a paperback or whether it's reading or listening to Audible or whether it's reading on my Kindle. I mean, there's some books I've got on all three to be honest, and there's some that I've yeah. sort of gone gone over a couple of times, and there's some that. I kind of go back to not all the time, but I will go back to sort of time and again. And I think for me, that's kind of, I find it hard to bookmark digital books. So if I've got a book and I think, do you know what? I'm going to get massive value out of that. And I might've bought it or I might've listened to it. I will then go and buy like the hard copy. Like I'm trying to think, like they ask you answer. That is probably one of the, my biggest standout books this year. Um, And I listened to that first on Audible. Um, on recommendation and I was like literally I got I think I got about halfway to the end of the first chapter and I was like Amazon now got to, got to get this and I was like literally like post it note post it note post it because there's so much good stuff in there that you want to kind of you want to be able to sort of remember and I don't know perhaps it's just me I just think it's better to do that in in a hard copy book yeah, and that's definitely, I think, well, it's definitely easier to go back and look at mm. it because you've then just got it on the exact page and you can yeah, exactly. read it and it'll rejog your memory so what's your standout book for, for, so two then, what's your standout book for the year and what's your, what would be your, if you could recommend somebody that's kind of somebody that you're going in doing an MOT, what would be the one book that you would say, right, start with this? Probably the book I'm reading right now has been the most impactful. I've not finished it yet, but it's Sell Like Crazy. I think you pronounce his name, but Sobri Sue. That could okay, be wrong. Yeah, so don't yeah. hold me to that. But yeah, the just started reading that, and it's actually myself, Scott, Angie. We're all reading it. The so aye, that's absolutely brilliant. Just for putting it in simple terms, for selling and making sales within your business, standing out from the market. Hmm. It's probably definitely feels the most impactful to date, and especially this year. I think there's been so much positive and negative sort of press around hobby selling as a business since mm-hmm. Corona sort of happened. And at the end of the day, you know, we're all business, we're all in business to be successful. And in order to do that, you need to make sales. And I can't remember Definitely. where I heard it, but there's a, there's a really, really, and I love simple phrases, but there's a really, really good one that you can't be a secret in a success. And it, you need to sell. You, every business needs sales. Whether Whether you're selling business automation to factories or whether you're selling toilet rolls or coaching or, or building services, everybody needs sales. And the, the, the fact that there's people out there that are sort of condemning people for trying to sort of sell, that's how we're going to get out of this pandemic is for yeah. our businesses sort of being positive, actually promoting themselves and actually positioning in themselves. And it's not, it's not about positioning themselves necessarily better than their competitors. It's about, positioning themselves so that their clients know who they are and that they're the go-to person in their particular industry. It might not even be a niche. It might be a generalized product that they sell, but you can't be a secret and a success. And if people don't know who you are and where you are, they're not going to find you. Exactly. And it is frustrating that some people think that about sales. It's probably just the few con men that have been out there that have done people over that's ruined it for everyone. But the way I see it is everyone's involved in selling. Like if you're going for a job interview, you need to sell yourself to get the exactly. job. The, so you're not just a sales 
um, minute if you're like selling books to our business or whatever, you're selling yourself mm. everywhere you go. So yeah, yeah, everyone's involved. Couldn't agree more. I mean, that was one of the things. I mean, one of my other favourite books this year has been Donald Miller's Story Brand, and that oh, is yeah. that's really. I would have you read that? No, what was it? Donald Miller's Story Brand. That is a really, really powerful book. It's about using the power of story to to articulate your offer. Yeah, I'll give that one a yeah, read. I've actually got. They ask you answer the book you just mentioned on my shelf. That's one of my next ones to read. So that's I'm glad awesome, you think that's is. great as well. Yeah, that will. If you if you don't do some work on your website as a result of that, I will be, I will <laughs> I will eat my hat because it's some some of the tips in there and it's real world advice based on somebody that's been in business. So this isn't somebody just saying, "Well, I, I learned this at Harvard or or Oxford or, or whatever you know, whatever uni or, or college you might have, or, or school you went to. This yeah. is real world examples from people that have made transformational changes, not just to one business, but to hundreds as a result of actually implementing some of this stuff. So it's kind of it's stuff that really, really does work. Hi, right, brilliant. I'm looking forward to that one. So, so we've established that you've achieved your car goal of the of the Q5. Then, so when you're driving around in your Q5, what's on the stereo? Um. To be fair, more often than not, it's actually audiobooks. The, <laughs> the only time I really listen to music is when my girlfriend or friends are in the car because they moan at me if I try and put a book on. Yeah, I can <laughs> imagine. But yeah, the, or if it is music, the, it's usually hip-hop. That's what I like, rap music. Okay. The, so yeah, and that sort of stuff. I'm not even going to try and talk to you about names of artists because I do that. <laughs> my, my, the closest I get to that is Eminem. Yeah, and that's probably that's probably sort of twenty years ago. Or Plan B, I think, was the guy. Because and I I came across him because he was in um, the film with Ray Winston. Um, oh, what was it called, Sweeney? And right. I, I just found his character fascinating. So I just and I bought the soundtrack to it, and I was like, "Who is this artist?" Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So then I sort of I got his album and like listened to it a little bit. But yeah, it's kind of. I mean, I, my my music taste is like so sort of massively varied it goes from mm -hmm. from sort of that sort of music to like edm and like ele electronic house music from sort of when i was in my 20s which i still listen to now when i go on cross trainer because that's the kind of like the, the 140 beats per minute is i just find it really good to exercise too yeah so i do still listen to it a little bit but i I've, i think the only music really that i can't get into is heavy metal and some house music I'm into, some of it I'm not. I'm the same as you. Like if I had to choose it'd be hip hop, but I listen to anything. Mm. The my playlists go from Miley Cyrus to Eminem to fifty cent to Queen the to anyone. Just everything okay. and anyone in yeah. pretty varied then. Yeah. Anything for cool. a good sing along I'm into. Anything for a good sing along. <laughs> so if you had to go to a concert then and you could go to anybody's concert, what concert would you go to? So I'm a bit, well, people tell me I'm a bit weird for this. I don't really like concerts that much. The, but I went to Eminem, the, I think a few years back, an Eminem concert. That was like, I've always wanted to see him live growing mm -hmm. up because I was always interested in him. So it would probably be him again if I had to choose. Okay. I bet he was crazy, yeah, was but live, wasn't he? Yeah, it was really good. It was outside in Glasgow. It was brilliant, good fun. Oh, wow. So yeah, I think it was summer sessions. But yeah, it was a good laugh, me and a few mates, so a bit messy that one, but yeah, fun. Cool. So where did we get to? Okay, so what does the future look like for your business group then? Where, what's your plans for, I know we talked about that, that sort of big financial target, but what about your sort of team? Because you've got quite a tight, a tight team. Is that the intention to keep it that way or are you looking to maybe sort of expand that in the future? So obviously we'll expand through the partners the, and that will grow because they then become part of our team. Yeah. So that'll grow it that way. But yeah, then within Fair Bros, we've actually just pulled, my wee sister came to work for us. So it is, as much uh -huh. as Fair Bros, it's yeah. last, last name's Fairgrieve. The, mm. So Fair Bros, it's the family name. So all, yeah. so me, my brother, my sister, my mom and dad, we're all equal shareholders in the business. Right. So the, as much as it's a family business, we've also got a marketeer that works with us. And then, yeah, through time, we'll just mm. grow and grow as much as we need. That's, so I suppose that's the only thing that's going to stop, isn't it? Is the limit is how much time you guys want to work when you're not actually hurtling down a mountain on a bike or something. Exactly. Unless you're going to have like a head up display on some Google glasses and be doing like dialing into meetings from 
from a sort of an MTB track somewhere, but I wouldn't put that past you on. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> but yeah, so the plan is to expand the team, but what we want to do in Fairbros is teach the business owner how to run their business because like what will happen is someone might come to us and they're an absolutely amazing baker the best one in the country but they don't necessarily know how to run the business side of it it's really common in small business isn't it yeah so we're going to teach them the business side of it so they can keep doing what they do amazing and learn the business and then through there it'll just help so we're really building them up with the business and then it'll get to the stage where they can also employ someone say a managing director that runs the business for them as well yeah Okay, cool. That's quite quite good idea, and that's a really important thing. Actually, I was talking to somebody last week on a podcast, um, and um, it was quite interesting. I haven't published it yet because we had quite a frank conversation because they was they were almost sort of mocking mocking a, a, a connection of theirs, not someone I know, um, because they were they were really good, and I I won't uh, mention what their product was, but they were an exceptionally good producer of this product. Um, mm. And they, but and they recognised that 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 was that was almost kind of like their UHP really, but they weren't great at actually running a business. And what the guy decided to do was rather than go and try and learn how to run a business, he just went and found a really really solid, really good, dependable MD that didn't know the didn't know the first thing about what his product was, but he knew how to run a business and he'd been successfully running businesses. And I think the guy had got about four years left till he was going to retire, and he basically did a deal with the guy to come in for four years two years to actually sort of get everything sorted, get everything sort of t- like running how it should be and getting proper management accounts, getting proper structure, all the kind of work that you guys do. And then to look for somebody that was going to be there as kind of this guy's long-term partner for the next sort of 25 years. And that struck me as a really sensible approach. But the guy that I was interviewing was like, no, 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 no. That's just, he should have taught himself how to do it. Or well, that's the best way. I was like, but why is it? Yeah. I think that's just people's ego getting in the way. Mm. The, it's a hard thing to get around your own ego there. But yeah, to me, that sounds absolutely brilliant. If I could do that, I absolutely would. <laughs> just get someone to do it all for you. Just exactly. do what you're good at. But, that's but our whole plan. This, the, to me, I mean, it makes perfect sense. I mean, my dad was one of my mentors, like, and still is to a degree. Um, and he told me like, many, many, many years ago, work out what you want to do and what you love doing and then be the best at doing it. And it doesn't matter what it is. Exactly. And then work out what the other bits are that you need to do that successfully. And then go and find a person that they're as passionate about doing that as you are about doing what you do. So go and find mm-hmm. someone that's as passionate about HR and as passionate about accounts and as passionate about health and safety and as passionate about all the other stuff that you might need when you're running a business. And that's when you'll build a powerful team rather than trying to do it all yourself. And, you know, I mean, that's why we get on so well with Laura and Graham at Empowered by Cloud because that is their passion. That's what they do. Literally, just before I jumped on a call with you, I've been on a call with them for an hour talking about cash flow, about diff- about the business overall, but looking at cash flow models for different products that we're bidding for at the moment. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to learn all the different tools that I've, I need to do. I mean, I can do cash flow forecasts. We've done them for donkey's years on projects, but it's what they do. That's what they're passionate exactly. about. I'm not passionate about doing a cash flow forecast. I know how to do it. I know how to read one. I know how to use it in the benefit. So. I've, I actually think people that say, do you know what, I'm an amazing baker. There's a guy in London who makes donuts. He's got a place called Bread Ahead. And he's the same. He's got a, a person that runs his business for him. Because he's like, I want to be in on the shop floor baking product. Yeah. I don't want to be upstairs running my business. That's not what I got into business to do. So for yeah. me, we should be absolutely applauding people like that. Because they're saying, look, I'm doing what I love doing. I want to get someone to do actually what they love doing, which is running a business. And that model absolutely. that you talk about sounds like, like actually that's a really, really good way of getting people to understand that and move that forward. Yeah, definitely. Those people are winning that have done that. They're living their dream. They've mm. found their balance. They're just, they're doing it. Yeah. yeah, I think quite often for them, it's about, I'm not sure that I agree with you about finding their balance. I think they, they, they know their passion. I think quite a lot of them are quite often sometimes out of balance. And the reason that I would say that is not just to be objectionable or to have a conversation, <laughs> but it's just from from experience of coaching and talking to people like that. Quite often they feel massively out of whack because they're still trying to spin them plates that they can't spin because they don't know what that plate should look like or, or shouldn't look like. So they can't actually deal with that. They don't know about marketing, but they're trying to do it, so it's going badly. They don't know about what a P&L should look like. They don't know what a budget or a cost plan should look like, but they're still trying to do it. And 
And that's why quite often they're not in balance because they're spending so much time doing those kinds of things within their business because it's like anything. It's like I put a video on the other day of someone top pointing a wall. Now that takes about, takes about four hours to do a square meter if you know what you're doing. If you don't know what you're doing, you can spend a week and fuck it up and it looks awful. It's like, it's like doing a set of accounts. An accountant will do it in a third of the time that Mill you would do it. Mm-hmm. But because it because you don't know what you're doing and it takes longer, all of a sudden, all of that extra time, these people quite often end up spending like 80, 100 hours a week at work because they're doing stuff that isn't their passion and is not what they're skilled at. Skilled at. Yeah, I 100% agree with you in those situations. Yeah, maybe just jump the gun a bit there. The, I was more thinking of folk that have just, like, if they wanted to just, that baker, just be on the shop floor, that's mm. all they were doing. Then. Yeah and they've got someone running the business for them, then mm. they've found the balance for what they want to do at work there. But yeah, if they're obviously trying to do other things and working that much, then that's, yeah, that's not the what thing. we're about. And you see, you see it all the time. People are trying to do stuff and it's like, I mean, and, and I'm guilty of doing it. I mean, I, I need some changes made to one of the pages on my website. And I'm like, do I pay someone to do it? Or do I just spend six hours on a webinar to learn how to use WordPress? And I, and I did actually think, do you know what? I'm going to jump on a webinar. But part of that is not just not just for the, for that it's because i want to know i've got this real deep seated need to understand how things work and it's kind of sort of comes from i wouldn't say necessarily an engineering background but certainly that kind of like that approach to stuff i have to know how something works i've i someone i can't accept someone saying to me well we'll do this process and you'll get that outcome i want to know what all of those boxes are on that flowchart yeah i just like to be involved and know what's going on yeah, yeah, exactly. And but the thing is, it, it's I find it good and I find it useful because when you do know how something works like that, that's when you can spot things that actually are not adding value. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. I think there's a I can't remember exactly, but is it not you better? Or if it was someone talking about people that run a business, you better to know a little about everything than everything about a little. Mm-hmm. The so especially when you're running a business, it's good to know a lot about a. a a little about a lot of things and then you just sort of know yeah. where you're going and it yeah. gives you an idea yeah, of everything. Exactly. And the other thing is if you've got that kind of like that high level sort of overview knowledge of all those different bits, you know enough to know that you need to get the right person to do that task. And and also it gives you an opportunity to look at actually what is working and what isn't working. And, and quite often that's the thing, you know, a lot of people that are in SMEs, you know, they're, they're not bad at what they do. Mm-hmm. they're incredibly good I mean I, I went up to do I, went, I did some work for for a year or so for a venture capitalist and we did, did I used to do like do due diligence checks on businesses that they were acquiring and they were essentially penny sales they were they were not necessarily distressed businesses but they were businesses where the MD or or the owners wanted to sort of wanted to get out and, and in, in a few instances it was to retire in other instances I, I think it was probably because they could see the writing was on the wall if I'm honest but I looked at one up, one up north, and it was a fifteen million pound a year business. And the guy that was running it, if you wanted somebody to build you, like the Mar Hall, like you know Mar Hall, what it looks like, it's an amazing piece of architecture, isn't it? He would be the guy that you would go I to. to that. Okay, it's, it's the hotel that they do reach your peak at. If you wanted somebody to build you something that was really rich in architectural detail, a really good quality product that you'd want to live in as a family home. He would be the guy that would build that for you and you would be blown oh, away by the results because they never failed to deliver 130% customer satisfaction. Brilliant. But the bloke couldn't run a business for all the money in China. <laughs> he had a team of estimators that didn't even know what overhead was. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He had three QSs working in his company. He didn't know what a QS's role was. Oh, that's right. That's and he's no in, idea yeah. that. And he's in, and, but he's running like a 50 million, million pound business. And I sat down with him for like about four hours. I was like, your company is like in a world of problems. Like, you shouldn't really even be trading. And it was, a, it was a real shame because if the guy had have known where he was at and where his limitations were and have gone out and got some help, I mean, he'd got a team of people around him, but they all just did as they were told. Mm-hmm. And nobody yeah. questioned nobody questioned anything. And and the other thing that, that we that that was was an issue there, but is quite an, quite often an issue. There's quite often a lot of people in those businesses that have only ever worked in that business. They've never worked yeah. anywhere else. And so they they don't have that kind of that 
breadth and depth of experience of working in other businesses to question something and say, hold on, that doesn't look right or that just doesn't sit right because I've seen it done somewhere else differently. Yeah, and I've got that experience to draw on. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. So if you had to, pick, it, had to pick a sector to work with, with more partners in, which would that, what sector, where do you get your biggest wins from and where do you get your most kind of fulfilment from? Not sure. The, I was, as I said, that I like having fun and being happy. The, so uh, we say, I say serve my time. The, I, when I worked at Rise In by the trampoline parks, so I started as a flight crew and worked my, right my way up to um, general manager and then associate director. So like that, for me, that was all about people having fun. And then that was them like that experience. So for me, like, is anything that we can give someone an experience through? Now, I know that's quite vague and quite... No, not at all. I totally totally get that. But yeah, so with our building company, when we create someone a new home, they're coming in and they're getting that new home experience and that value of living there and all those memories they're creating. In the beauty salon, like, someone's coming in and they're getting their nails done or they're getting a massage and they're having just that relaxing and tranquil experience. So it's really just, like giving people an experience is what I like to be involved with and then making them happy. Wow. That's fascinating because I would never have, con- I would never have seen a build. I would never have said there was any common thread apart from the fact that you need to have obviously the business sort of stuff sorted out, but I would never have thought I would never have tied each of those back to being an experience. That's really interesting. Yeah. So that's what like, actually that's where my passion comes from is giving people that definitely trampoline parks eh? so they're back <laughs> i saw i saw a video and i think it might have been scott actually at a trampoline park recently did you not fancy yeah, getting involved in that one the so i actually don't bounce as much as i used to anymore the i used to bounce all the time but uh, it's not something i do as much but i do love the bouncing that is good fun it's quite hard though isn't it? it's quite tiring Oh, it takes it out of you. Like the if I go back now, I'll do fifteen minutes and it feels like I'm having a heart attack. The, it's ridiculous. Like wow. But I think it's, well, it depends how hard you push yourself. Like I like to do the walk the wall as you've probably seen. So I'll just push myself and try and do flips, tricks, jumps all over the place. But if you just go and jump up and down, it's obviously not as extreme. But mm. I like to push myself to that level. So where does this kind of extreme sort of sports come from? Because it's obviously something that runs throughout throughout your family. Because, I mean, Scott's quite just as happy as you are hurtling down a hill on a bike, isn't he? Or <laughs> yeah. on a, in like BMXs and stuff, I think I've seen him yeah. on. Is that, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So it definitely comes from him originally. Like, I'm not really into football. And I think that's because my dad's not into football. So he's into bikes and extreme sports. So mm-hmm. it's all kind of stemmed just like as it does get passed down yeah. from him. So he used to ride BMXs when he was younger. Then he got into breakdancing. And then he got into going out drinking with his friends, to be fair. The, and then, so yeah, he still loves bikes. So that's where my love for bikes comes from. Right. And then it started off. So I used to ride scooters when I was younger. And then went into freestyle BMX and skate parks. Okay. So probably 12 to 17 like that was my passion and hobby i would ride my bmx all the time at skate park so that's kind of in that extreme sports part of that and then just through there because that's what i enjoyed like it wasn't as fun for me going on a football pitch and kicking a Mm. ball around so it was all kind of sports that i got a similar adrenaline and rush through so may it be trying snowboarding or mountain biking or sparring at Muay Thai, like it's just all kind of sprouted from there, which got passed down from him, and now it's just went into anything. Okay, that's you know, that's really interesting to say that because Charlie, who's fourteen, he so he played rugby for a few years, um, and then about he's he's probably had like razor scooters for probably like five or six years, mm. I would say, maybe no, probably longer than that. Um, but in the last kind of like three years, he sort of got into like custom scooters and following like people yeah. like Raymond Warner and some of the other people that are sort of like global sort of brands. And and his passion for it is like off the scale. It's like mm-hmm. he used to like rugby, but his passion for scooting is like it's just like unbelievable. And it's I've ne- I've not actually thought about that about what it might be. But you said like about adrenaline. I would imagine it must be a huge adrenaline yeah. rush when you're at the top of a ramp and you're about to drop especially the satisfaction you can get like i remember on my bike like you could try for 
three days a week the, for five weeks trying to do a trick, say it's a bar spin, feels absolutely mm. impossible. And then as soon as you get it, like that feeling like is just absolutely yeah. incredible. Like you can't buy that, how mm. good that feels like. It's just your own hard work making that happen. So definitely the adrenaline rush from pulling that trick sending a big jump but also the satisfaction you get when you actually learn something i think that's a big part of it as well mm. so yeah it'll be hooked to it from that like knowing that like probably doesn't realize it yet it wasn't until i was older and could reflect but it's like you just putting in a serious shift and getting that result that's that mm. great feeling so probably a large part of that as well with that mm. feeling of satisfaction you might be able to get that in rugby i don't know because i never played it seriously enough to know yeah you but can. i think when it's yourself doing it like it's your work mm. just solely yours putting it in yeah that's a different thing i mean rugby is an amazing sport it's, i mean i played for years and the team sort of the team ethic and the banter and the crack and the physicality of it and yeah and the violence as well that goes on in the olden <laughs> days not so much in the modern game which is yeah i don't play anymore um but it's very much a different sport, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. that is a solo solo kind of activity, whereas those yeah. kind of team sports are, are a completely different mindset. And it's like that, that you're relying on sort of everybody pulling their weight and everybody putting in a shift. But like you say, when you're sort of just there day in, day out, practicing that one thing and you pull it off, that adrenaline buzz that you get out of that and the sense of achievement as well, yeah. that's like euphoric, isn't it? definitely like i can still like big things that i learned on my bike like i can still remember like if i think about it i can feel myself traveling through the air and like just like you feel that adrenaline start to pump through you a little bit anyway just from like mm. reliving it like yeah so i don't think that's ever going to leave me so do you still ride your bike now or? so i ride my mountain bike now the ride my bmx once or twice a year so if anyone says they do it, i usually just say no the i do it occasionally with my dad the but it's my mountain bike i'm into now so progress right. from little bikes to big bikes. <laughs> but not motorbikes, no? I would like a motorbike license, the, but it's not something I've got a serious urge to do. I would right. love to do the Route 66 on a motorbike, but also mm. that'd be really cool. Yeah, well, wow, on a big Harley or something. Yeah, but now, like, I like pedal bikes. The I think I like them enough. There's no real drive for me to get a motorbike. Mm. It's something I would like to do, but not that i'm gonna like go out my way to make it happen just now yeah and it's not only that it doesn't matter how safe you are on a motorbike people just don't see them yeah i'd probably try and trump stair sets as well because i've got that bit in me <laughs> so it's see, I'd, just, I'd just be a speed freak i would be an absolute nightmare for a sports bike without a doubt yeah it'd have, nah, to, be big. It'd have to be like well. a big 750 or something and they're like 200 mile an hour plus machines it'd be i'd be gone crazy I'd be yeah. I'd probably be no banned in about an hour. <laughs> so cool. So what's some what about holidays then? What's your what's your sort of, I'm I'm guessing that these are still gonna be quite this is not gonna be like a two week low on the beach, is it, for you? Sometimes actually the when we used to go on holiday when before my dad got the full balance of the Fair Bros four as well, but we used to go away and like we'd be lying at the pool one day and I'd be like, Let's go jet skiing, let's go this, oh there's a tour, let's do this. Mom and dad'd be like, Rory, just lie down and relax. I was like, What's the point? It's boring. But sometimes when I get away now and like you get a few hours just lying on the beach, it's just mm. incredible just doing nothing but mm. being there. The I still do like being active, but I do enjoy the relaxing now. So do you do, I mean, I know you do mood toy, but do you do other sort of keep fit and stuff or do you what just rely on riding your bike for, for physical activity now? All right. Um, so I do my tie, not so much through lockdown. Obviously the gym was shut. The, mm. But yeah, so training that I really enjoy. The Not anything serious, just as a hobby. And then I like going to the gym as well. Mm. So I like training for strength. The So yeah, that's my main ones. Biking, gym and Muay Thai. And then anything else like I'll, like I like snowboarding, don't do that seriously. The so throughout winter I'll do that, go up north a couple of times, go through to Glasgow for a shot. So yeah, the but that's the main ones. Cool. So what's the rest of the year look like for you? What have you got? What's the stuff you got? Some new plants you're working with, or are you kind of just working with the same people you've got now? What's so we're keeping. We're not looking for any more partners this year. The but we're just starting to work with more people through our MOTs and right. helping solutions. So just getting more clients through there just to help them streamline their business a bit. So yeah, that's the goal for us to push the MOTs and helps and solutions. Right. Cool. So 
what three tips then? So we're in quite sort of challenging times for people for business at the moment. There's a lot of people, you know, there's been some good good support from the government, but there's a lot of people that have been sort of almost precluded from that sort of self-employed directors of SMEs. What sort of three tips would you give to, to business owners right now? My number one tip for anyone is have fun. The and whatever you, I know I always go on about that, but it's a big thing for me. It's hugely like, important. Yeah, like even the whenever I'm at the office, I always like to have a laugh, the get the banter going. Like for me, it's just whatever you do, make sure you're having fun. If you're having fun, then everything becomes easier and it's more enjoyable. It puts a smile on your face. Just it can go such a long way. Yeah, so that's a, smiles are huge. Yeah, so I definitely number one for me is just make sure you're having fun. If you if you're in a shit situation and you try and have a bit of fun through it, it gets easier. The like my coping mechanism for a lot of stuff is humor and having fun anyway, so it does help me a lot that way. The but yeah, that's my number one probably. Just try and have fun wherever you can. Life. Some people try and make life too serious. I think just need to have a laugh. Just need to have a laugh. So if people want to, to work with you, would like to get you engaged to um, do an MOT, where's the best place for them mm -hmm. to find you? So we've got our LinkedIn is Fairbros, just simple as that, F-A-I-R-B-R-O-S. Then we've got our website, fairbros.co.uk. So if they want to check us out there, that's got all our information there. Or if they want to see me direct, it's just Rory Fairgrieve on LinkedIn. That's the best one for me. Cool. And is that your favourite kind of place that you hang out on, on social media? Is it LinkedIn? Yeah, actually, yeah, it is LinkedIn. I tried to take a bit of a break for social media before. The kind of, it was, I found that I was just wasting my day on Facebook, just scrolling and Twitter. So I then pretty much stopped using them. But then for my job, I need to be, because I'm the sales sector of Fairbrows, I need to be aware of what's going on. Mm. So I then had to start using them a little bit again but just making sure i do it in moderation and not waste my days <laughs> so I can actually you can really easily actually smash out quite a few hours just on social media just and i suppose because because you're quite, quite a sociable person you sort of you you quite happily comment on other people's stuff and you get sort of not pulled but you end up in conversations about different stuff that yeah very quickly you can end up burning through an hour of time without even without even really thinking about it can't you I definitely, yeah, it's crazy how quick I can go away. Oh, well, thank you ever so much for your time. That's been a really interesting conversation. And I think the overwhelming thing I'll take away from it is I need to have more fun. Definitely. Cool. <laughs> it's been good chatting to you. I enjoyed it. Yeah, likewise. Perfect. Thanks for listening to the On The Block podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. To find out more about the work that Richard does, please visit his website, www.stonecontracts.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave a rating and review on the platform you use to enjoy his show. Thanks for listening and see you soon on the blog.